welcome to Luther's world of cryptids, ghosts, and the unexplained. If you're into strange things that fly above us in the skies, or creepy things that go bump in the night, then you have come to the right place. Much like cryptid creatures or folklore tales, they all have a home here, and so do you in Luther's world. It's a dozen. It's chapter number 12. It's time for I Never Thought It Would Happen To Me Real Stories Told by the People That Had The Encounters. So last chapter we heard a very creepy tale told by Evil Uno. And this time we hear from the man that was there right beside him that night, Stu Grayson. Then we hear from a fan of the show named Lonnie and he tells us about his UFO encounter. Hey, what's up? This is Stu Grayson of Dark Order, and this uh, is my ghost story, which is, uh, I think it's likely to be the only ghost story that I have, and it happened at least 10 years ago. So, Evil Uno and myself were driving at night. I, I think it was for a Chikara show. I believe at that point in the drive in Vermont, so we would usually drive from Gatineau, which is where we live, would be about a seven, eight hour drive or something like that, do the show and come back, so we were exhausted. And at that point, it's late at night, we are exhausted. And uh, Uno and I are just driving, you know, in the dark. And at some point, uh, like, we're so tired, we're not really talking anything, like there's nothing going on, we're just focused on the road. And far away on the road, uh, I kind of see like a, somewhat of a, not a shadow, but a silhouette of something. And then as we were getting closer, the whole, the shadow was, it was, it looked exactly like a little girl in the middle of the street. And as we're driving, we could see the little girl come all the way through the car, all the way in the back and right through the car. And Uno and I just like, as we're driving, it happens and we're, we're stunned, but very confused and we're not talking for a while. We're just in silence for uh, maybe a few minutes until one of us was like, hey man, did, did you see that? He was like, yeah. Like, what did you see? He was like, that was like a little girl. He was like, yeah, that was a little girl on the street, right? She went right, th right through the car. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, did, did we hit a little girl? Like, like, what did we see? Like, did we, what was that? Like, it was so confusing. There were so many, we're so tired at this point. We were almost thinking, hey, was it a ghost? Did we hit a real girl? Like, what is going on? Like, we're so confused. And it was probably at night, like, the most confusing and frightening thing that ever happened to us on the road. And there was only the two of us. And we saw the exact same thing without talking about it. It was nuts. That's the probably the only reason I would be willing to believe in ghosts because I'm fairly certain that that was, in fact, a ghost. So... That's my ghost story. Hey Luther, Lonnie here. And I got a great story for you about the time I think I saw a UFO. So at the time I'm working and I go to school at nighttime. So I work all day, go to class, and I'm coming home. And it's probably around 12.31 in the morning. And I live out in the country. So I got to get off two small back roads with no street lights on them and no like markings on the road. So I'm going down one of those back roads and I'm in a Jeep. 
Cherokee. And I see a light coming toward me. And I think someone's coming in my lane. But I can't tell because it looks like it's covering like the whole road. So what I do is I just kind of pull off to the side as best I can and brace for impact. So I think here they come because it's coming at me really fast. And it gets right to my Jeep and gets on the hood and it's probably that big. And it's illuminated all the way around except for like the middle, which I, I, I'm assuming kind of was the bottom. And like little insect legs doing this at me. And it sat there and looked at me for about know, two, three minutes the most. Seemed like hours. And I'm just stunned. I had no idea what to do. So I just stare at it. And it does this little hovering thing like this. Then shoots over the top of my car. And I watch it out the back window. Go down the road a little bit. Stop. Then make a left turn into the field next to it. So I sit there for another hour. About a minute or so. Felt longer. But probably just about a minute. Before I realize I need to get out of there. Before this thing comes back and gets me. So I'll make my way back home, but I've not seen it since. But thinking back on it now, I'm pretty sure me and whatever it was ran into each other by accident and were both stunned to see each other. But who knows? And it didn't do nothing to me, so that I'm aware of. Today's paper trail, letter sent in by you, the viewers. Letter number one. Also, this one comes with a picture, which... Will be up somewhere as well. I'll put it, make sure that it gets put on the end. Hey, my name is Mickey, 27. I've been living with my girlfriend for about three years now, and we've been living in our current building for just over a year. Ever since we moved into this building, my girlfriend has been experiencing vivid nightmares like never before. Our first apartment was a brand new building, was only built a couple of years before we moved in. It was modern, clean, quiet, could never hear the neighbors. Only one couple had lived in our unit before us, never experienced anything strange besides the odd homeless man smoking pot in our stairwell. Well, who, everybody's experienced that. However, when we moved into our current building in 2019, things started to change. We're in an older building now, this year, is its 50th anniversary retro carpets hasn't been renovated for about 15 years a few months in my girlfriend started vividly dreaming that people were standing in our bedroom either in the doorway or in the corner when she even needed to check the front door as she dreamed someone was waiting outside she'd experienced this once every month or so now sometimes once every week or two. Then about a week ago, I had a dream of a man in our doorway, an undefined man standing there watching. I remember waking up thinking, oh shit, we've been quarantined too long now. And I'm thinking the same thoughts, literally. I went back to bed. I woke up in the morning sore on my side. It wasn't until I got out of bed that my girlfriend noticed something strange. I had a very defined handprint on my right side. The finger, the fingerprints, the curves in the hand, it was all there like ink on paper. The handprint was too small for my hand and was too big for my girlfriend's hand. We were both pretty light sleepers and were pretty fussy with our sleeping positions. How we sleep, I wouldn't have slept 
with my left hand under my right side, my shoulder would never, my shoulder would have been too uncomfortable. And my girlfriend wouldn't have had her hand under that side of me without her wrist being crushed and waking her up, or me fidgeting on her bony hand. At least not for so long that it would have made the detail of a mark on me. I have, I have also never woken up with a distinctive ingrained mark before. Some mark from the blanket, sure, but nothing like that. We both cannot explain exactly what happened. We asked the supers if anyone had died in our unit, but they're pretty new to the building and didn't know. What would have made this mark? The ghost of someone who died throughout the 50 years in any of the 100 units our building? I've heard ghosts tend to stick to their turf and stay within the house they died in. But is this the same with apartments? Would they stick in one unit or could one lurk an entire building? I'd ask our neighbors if they'd experienced something before, but there's enough conspiracy lunatics roaming around these days. This is coming from a person who has never had a ghost experience and frankly is not con convinced they exist. But now I'm starting to wonder. Mickey, well, thanks for sending that in and here's some pictures of your proof. Hello folks, as seen on AEW Dark, Dynamite, and Elevation, it is me, the Southern Savior John Schuyler, here with some Luther's Mail for all of you. We've got a ghost story here. This one comes to us from Derek. The ghost I saw was of my grandfather. I was seven years old. I woke up in the middle of the night and went downstairs to the kitchen to grab something to drink. He was standing at the kitchen sink looking out the window into the backyard. He asked me, what I was doing out of bed. I told him I was thirsty and wanted to grab a drink. He showed me where to grab a cup, then took me to the fridge, asked me what I wanted to have, and told me I had to do it myself. I finished my drink and he walked me to the stairs. He told me he had to say goodbye and gave me a hug. When I went back upstairs, my parents' bedroom light was on and I heard my mother crying hysterically. At that moment, when I was downstairs, my father was on the phone with her at the hospital to inform her that my grandfather had passed away. Landline phones too. No cell phones at this point, like nowadays. This was 1994. Still gives me chills and chokes me up to this day and freaks, freaks out my mother. Signed, Derek. Pretty creepy stuff. I'm QT Marshall from AEW and the Nightmare Factory, and I'm here to read fan mail from Luther's World. I was nine the first time I saw a ghost. I'd wake up randomly in the night and walk downstairs from my bedroom to the family room to watch TV and fall back to sleep. I'd turn the corner, and there on the stairs is a six-foot-tall white mist in the shape of a human that disappeared as soon as I saw it. Ooh. Looking back, there's nothing that explains this. No trick of the light or a car headlight through a window. It was pitch black on those stairs, and I could clearly see this figure. That's from Matt Maloney. If you have a story that you want to share on the show, film yourself telling your tale, or write it out in full detail and email it to me at luthersworldmail at gmail.com and we'll use it on a future chapter.
I am Nightmare Family's Aaron Solo, and you are watching Luther's World of Cryptids, Ghosts, and the Unexplained. Today's Cryptids of the World. We go to China, and we hear about the Changxi. The Changxi is a massive snake that is said to live in China. The Changxi is supposedly yellow in color and over 800 feet long. Its body is covered in scales and in between these scales are very sharp bristles. It is said to reside in the Greater Unity Mountains in China and the name Changxi translates to the long snake. This snake monster sounds way too big for me to slam onto people so I'm just going to stick with Serpentico. So if you're ever out exploring in the Unity Mountains watch out for this cryptid of the world. So today's storyteller is a little bit different. I am going to read a letter sent in by a fan. Hey Luther, first I'm a big fan of your wrestling. I didn't know anything about you first, but it's been fun to go back and check out your earlier matches at other promotions. I really like your bizarre persona and look forward to watching you and Serpentico each week. Especially in these awful days, I really appreciate having some quality wrestling to get me through things. Thank you so much for your hard work. Well, you're welcome and thanks for checking everything out. I've been watching Luther's World on YouTube recently and I personally don't believe in this stuff, but I still love it. I've been reading ghost stories and UFO abduction tales since I was a kid. I've never experienced anything external itself, but I've heard plenty of strange stories when I was living in a tiny town called White River Junction in Vermont. I figured I'd share the local ghost story. Most of White River's Main Street is taken up by the Hotel Coolidge, which is more than a century old, and sure enough, the place is said to be haunted. It's like a mini version of The Shining. The ghost has one of the weirdest names too, Ezra Magoon. So according to legend, Ezra Magoon was a farmer in the early 1900s. I was told that he came down from Canada and he had a bad reputation. His nickname was Wrench, so clearly he wasn't a nice guy. Magoon made moonshine and ran a bootlegging operation in addition to other shady deals. He lived at the Hotel Coolidge in 1918. I remember some people saying that he was poisoned, but others say he had his throat cut. Regardless, it seems Wrench Magoon didn't stay dead. For years, hotel employees and guests have complained about lingering rotting smell that drifts down the hallways and lights that would flicker on and off. Others have said the temperature in their room would suddenly plummet as if all the heat was being drained away. And despite the efforts of several pest control companies, the hotel is filled with bats each summer. Like they're drawn to this place. Creepy enough, but it gets weirder. Some have claimed to have actually seen Wrench Magoon. Out of the corner of their eye, they'll glimpse a dark figure following them, only to see nothing when they turn around. There was one guest who was brushing his teeth and saw a bearded face glaring at him from the bathroom mirror. The story I heard most often was about one lady who woke up suddenly and saw a tall, gray-skinned man standing at the foot of her bed. 
She screamed, and he melted away into the darkness. I guess she wasted no time in picking up her stuff and leaving for a Motel 6. The Hotel Coolidge management doesn't like the rumors, which I suppose is understandable. But if it's some kind of Scooby-Doo hoax, then it's been going on for decades, and it still persists to this day. I was always half tempted to go get a room there and see if anything unusual happened, but it was too expensive to justify at the time. Probably for the best, look what happened to Jack Torrance. Daniel, thanks for sending that in. And that is this chapters, The Storytellers. Thank you to the great folks over at the Kentucky Bigfoot Research organization for allowing us to show you these eyewitness interviews. You can check out their page at KentuckyBigfoot.com. They have a lot of cool stuff there. They offer guided Bigfoot outings and will also let you know about any conferences that they will be having or conferences that maybe you are around where you live. So check them out. This Bigfoot encounter happened in 2006. Eyewitness Chuck saw a dark, hairy figure. So let's hear his incredible, incredible encounter. We're here with Chuck. He had a Bigfoot sighting in 2006. And it was a little bit after midnight. And he's going to tell, share his story with us, which we really appreciate. So Chuck, if you could give us a general description of what happened. All right, I was coming up the road. As disclaimer, I was out here squatching. It's, you know, I got into it after I watched the documentary. That's what I was out here doing. So just to get that on record. I was coming home, my area is pretty far away. So I was coming back, I wasn't thinking about anything really, just listening to music. I was coming down the, around the curve and when I was coming up the hill, I had an old four horse not a good car. I was trying to get up speed to get up the hill so I didn't have to didn't have a hard time with it. When I was building up speed, I was probably down I would say at the curve sign, maybe a little closer, I noticed an orange reflection, like like a deep orange, like almost almost red, but not quite. It was like a a burnt orange maybe. And I was coming up and at first at first glance I just thought they were the clearance markers for driveways so I didn't pay him any attention and then when I was coming up the road it's hard to see it from this angle but there's kind of like a little dip there when I came over the dip and I started started coming <clears throat> started coming up my headlights hit the figure it was a dark figure Show us, show us where it was standing. It was right here. The tree, this tree right here was standing right there. I'll go stand by it. What about here? Move over, over to the right. Yeah, I'm not close enough. Uh, 
where you can see his shoulder, his left shoulder. You couldn't see the the figure's shoulder. It was still it was behind the tree, and you could only see about from the. <clears throat> from the middle of the clavicle over to his right. That's all I could all I could see. Uh, as far as the description, the height of it, as you can see, uh, maybe see a branch over Charlie's head. It was about even with that, maybe a little bit, maybe a couple inches higher. I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, it was 10 years ago. Uh, Charlie's right shoulder is in. Bring it in on. It's close. Yeah, it's at about there. Its shoulder is. I know this sounds stupid, but its shoulder looked lower than what Charlie's is right now. But its head was higher than Charlie's head is right now. I, I know it sounds almost impossible to describe. The traps. The, the traps, yeah. Maybe the traps is what scared more about. Like, like an illusion type of thing? Right. Uh, you know? Uh, the, he mentioned the traps. I didn't see the ears. Didn't notice them one way or the other. But it, where I would imagine the ears were is where its traps trap started. And it just, it came down, just this huge trap came down to its shoulder. And I was, then eyes is what I noticed first. Uh, they were just, they were just blaring, sticking out plain as day. Right when I saw the trap is when I noticed its, its mouth was open. And I, I thought, you know, I don't know if I said it audibly or just thought, but I was like, that's a mouth. And its mouth, like its mouth was below the top of the trap. If that gives any indication to how big the trap was or how low the head was. But its mouth was below the top of the trap. And it's, it was wide. Like it came down. Like if you put your fingers on the edge of your eyes and just follow the lines down, that's how wide the mouth was. It was just so wide. And it was open. You know, I've heard that they have black gums. So I saw light. It was a light collar. So I don't know if I saw teeth. Or what it was, but it was standing there, like, like, just shocked, surprised, like it didn't expect me to be here. But it's, it's bizarre because I noticed the eye shine, so it was watching me come up the hill. I mean, I wouldn't see the eye shine if it wasn't looking at me. And whenever I, I noticed it, like right around this area, I realized what I was looking at, and I slammed on my brakes. I and I was looking as I was braking. I was watching it. And I stopped past it up on the hill on the curve. And when I went to back up, I looked in my mirror and I, I don't know, I, just, I thought I, I didn't want to hit it. I didn't want to back off the road or anything. So I instinctively looked back out my driver's side window. It, 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 It's such an emotional roller coaster, you know. I mean, it's 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 like curiosity, then excitement, and then just fear. I mean, when I stuck my head out the window, I, I 
I thought I just, I did it. Like it was just going to kill me because I, I just, I served up my head and it's, I, I, I shut down. I mean, that's kind of embarrassing to say on camera, but <laughs> I mean, that's that. I don't remember anything after I could have been sitting there, you know, 30 seconds or 30 minutes. Uh, eventually I started going forward up and over the hill and that was it. Next up is the devil himself, Drexel. This is defining the unknown. Greetings and salutations. I'm Drexel, deathmatch darling and homicidal artist extraordinaire, and I'm here to define the unknown on Luther's world. Today's word of the day is Incubus. Incubus is derived from the late Latin incubo, a nightmare induced by such a demon, which comes from incubare to lie upon. See, an incubus is a demon in male form who, according to mythological and legendary traditions, lies upon sleeping women in order to engage in sexual activity with them. See, while the male is the incubus, its female counterpart is actually called the succubus. See, there's salacious tales of Incubi and succubi have been told for many centuries in most traditional societies. Um, some traditions hold that repeated sexual activity with either an incubus or a succubus may result in the deterioration of one's health, uh, maybe an impaired mental state, or even death. Um, one of the earliest mentions of incubus comes from the Mesopotamia on the Sumerians' kings list, uh, maybe like 2400 BC, a long time ago where it said the hero Gilgamesh's father is listed as Lilu. It's said that Lilu disturbs and seduces women in their sleep, while Lilutu, a female demon, appears in men in their exotic dreams. Um, if you read, some sources indicate that an incubus may be identified by its unnaturally large or cold penis, and though many tales claim that the incubus is bisexual, others indicate that it's strictly heterosexual and finds attacking male victims either unpleasant or detrimental. I mean, why does anyone even care? I mean, let an incubus like what an incubus wants to like. Why are you being Mr. Judgy McJudgerson? Luther? Back to you, Luther. It's time for The Haunted Hotel. Are you staying in Tennessee? Why not stay in Mountain City and spend a night or two at the Prospect Hill bed and breakfast? Rooms started about $109 a night. This mansion was built in 1889 and in 1991 was bought and turned into the bed and breakfast. Guests have reported seeing a Civil War soldier looking out of the front window, possibly that of the inn's founder. Joseph Wagner, who was a major in the Union Army during the Civil War. Orbs often appear in photos taken inside the inn, as well as flames from the fireplace when there's no fire going. Doors will open frequently and then close on their own, and some guests have reported hearing the crying of a baby. There are reports of hearing someone or something walking up and down the stairs as well as seeing full spirit forms within windows. Sometimes the smell of muffins or cookies are in the air when no one has been baking. Other smells can be smelt within the air too, bourbon and 
that of Rose Perfume. According to the inn's owners, all the activity within the house has always been very friendly. So if you're planning on staying in Mountain City, swing by the Prospect House bed and breakfast and come for the muffins and cookies, but stay for the scare. If you have a story that you want to share on the show, film yourself telling your tale or write it out in full detail and email it to me at luthersworldmail at gmail.com and we'll use it on a future chapter. Thank you to all my readers and guests and most importantly, thank you to you, the viewers. If you like the show, tell people about us. Share it, like it, subscribe. And until next time, let the chaos run strong and stay 